Um, did you see that thing this week uh, about the old lady? I think she was 91 in Germany, who went to an art gallery and saw a piece, a work of art that was a crossword, and it, it, it was quite. It was made in the 60s, I think, and it's worth six, it's worth 67,000 pounds, and it was just a blank crossword, and uh, she filled it in, <laughs> which is just terrific, and uh, it's, it's such a, it's such a beautiful story, because actually, the reality is that. But when we, when we have questions, we, we want answers, right? And, and our world often says there are no answers. You, you have to leave things blank. But actually the Bible says, no, there really are answers that we can find and we can understand. And we may have all sorts of big questions. And we're going to tackle a big question today. Do you want me to just turn this off? Is this... Or... What do you want me to do? I'll, I'll carry on. You sort out. Uh... We're going to tackle a very big question this afternoon. Possibly one of the biggest questions that you could ever ask. This is the question. How can I be sure that I'm going to make it to heaven? How can I be sure that I will be in heaven when I die? Now maybe there's some of you, you're, you're a Christian, you're trusting Jesus... You know about Jesus, you know about the fact he died for you and that he's forgiven your sin, but how can you be sure you're going to make it to the end? Or maybe you're not a Christian, you're not sure what you think, you're not sure what you believe, you're not sure if there is a heaven or hell. How do you know? How do you know what's going to happen? And I'm going to read this last bit of Jude, and then we're going to uh, think about it together, and particularly that question, how can I be sure that I will make it to heaven. Let me, we're going to read the last bit from verse 17. So Jude, verse 17. It says this. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. We were thinking about that last week. We were thinking about the fact that in this church that Jude is writing to, there were people coming in who were teaching stuff that wasn't right, teaching all kinds of lies. And Jude was writing to this church to say, don't listen to those lies. Verse 26. But you, uh, verse 20. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority. Through Jesus. Some of you will be very secure. You'll feel very secure. You'll say, 
I know I'm going to heaven. It's fine. I'm certain I'm going to heaven. Absolutely no doubt at all in my head. God is going to do it. God's promised. God's going to do it all. No worries. And you might be the sort of person who's... Let's, let's think about a person like that. And you go to their house and you see what posters they've got on the wall. And one of the posters they've got on their wall is Jude verse 24. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence. They've got it on their wall and they say, bang, boom, there it is. I'm secure. Utterly secure. God will keep me. It says it in the Bible. And so they're very secure and very confident. That may be some of us this afternoon. But there may be another type of person. And this is the person who says, oh, I'm not sure. I know that God loves me, and I know that Jesus died for me, but, but I'm, not, I'm not sure. And every time I sin, every time I mess up, every time I do something wrong, I think, I'm not, I'm not sure. Perhaps, perhaps I've blown it. And if we went to their house, they would have a poster on their wall, but they would have verse 20. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love. And they say, oh, I'm just not sure if I could, I'm not sure if I've done it. I'm not sure if I've kept myself in God's love. And they spend their Christian life being very insecure about whether they're going to make it to heaven or not. Two types of people. And I want to try and show you that if you are a verse 20 or verse 21 Christian, insecure, and you don't know anything of verse 24, then I've got some great news for you. You need to learn to be a verse 24 Christian. But if you're a verse 24 Christian and you don't know anything of verse 21, you need to learn verse 21. Or, or let me put it like this. Have you ever been to the Lake District? This is going to, right, just for a brief moment, this is going to make it sound like, I, like I'm good at walking up mountains and things. I'm genuinely not, okay? I'm not a mountain climber in any stretch of the imagination. But I did once go to Helvellyn, which is the most, it's a stunning mountain in the Lake District. And the, the best thing about Helvellyn is striding edge. Anyone been to Striding Edge? Right, Striding Edge is, um, I'm going to make it sound more, I was going to show you a picture, but none of the pictures I found made it look dramatic enough. <laughs> it was far more dramatic in my head. Striding Edge is a very narrow path. It's like probably only this narrow. And either side, there is a sheer drop on either side of Striding Edge. Like, just like sheer drop. That's how I remember it in my head. Turns out from the pictures, it's a slightly more gentle drop and the path <laughs> is slightly wider. But, but as you go on to Striding Edge, there's a, a plaque, a little sign, uh, telling the story of a guy who fell off and died and whose dog stayed by him and they found the dog and the man dead. Although I might have dreamt that as well, because to be honest, my whole experience at Striding Edge, I may have made it more exciting than it actually was. Anyway, it's beautiful. Now, well, yes, the point was, the, the Christian life, we are always in danger of falling down one side or the other, right? 
The two sides, the two errors that we will fall into is either complacency over security where we basically just say, it's all fine, nothing to worry about, God will do it all, over complacent. Or we fall down the other slope into insecurity and fear and panic. And the beauty of this letter of Jude is that Jude shows us how to walk striding edge. He shows us how to walk a road that says that and that. Verse 21 and verse 24. And that is where true security is found. True security is found in understanding verse 21 and verse 24. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so let me just, let's just feel that together. Um, have a look down at verse 20 again. See how strong this is, verse 20? But you, okay, you've got to imagine the pointy finger, but you, Jude says, then verse 24, now to him. Okay, I know I'm laboring this, but we've just got to see it. You, now to him. Those are the two sides. Those are the two aspects. That's what we're going to do. First part, we're going to have the finger pointed at us to say, okay, what's our responsibility? What are we supposed to do? And then we'll look now to him. And we'll see his, God's role. So let me, uh, oh, let me um, show you where we're heading. Here's, here's how verse 20 works, okay? Let's focus on our responsibility first. But you, dear friends, keep yourselves in God's love. That's, that's the big structure of verse 20. You keep yourselves in God's love. We have a responsibility as Christians to keep ourselves in that place of being loved by God. Now, let me just make this very clear. What that sounds like to us is we need to make ourselves lovable. No, the way that we are loved by God is by trusting his son, Jesus. Jesus who died for us. So if you're sitting here this afternoon and you're not a Christian and you're thinking, well, I don't even know if God loves me, the answer to that question is dead simple. God loves you so much he gave his son to die for you. He wants to forgive your sin and give you new life. When you trust him, you know for sure that he loves you. And then you have a responsibility to keep yourself in God's love. To not go wandering off, to not run away. That's what this whole letter has been about. There's something to fight for. But what does it mean then? What does it mean to keep ourselves in God's love? Well, let's put, I, I just want to show you the structure of verse 20. Have a look at it with me. Sometimes when we read the Bible, we need to really understand how the logic of the verses work. So look at verse 20. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love. So let's put it together. You, dear friends, by building yourselves up in the Holy Spirit, praying in your faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love. That, there's the way that you keep yourself in God's love. How do you do it? You do it by building yourself up in the most holy faith and by praying in the Holy Spirit. That's the logic of what Jude is saying. In other words, God has given us the means by which we can keep ourselves in God's love. 
He's given us what we need to keep us safe. So let's think about those two means of grace, those two things that will keep us safe, that will keep us in God's love. Building yourselves up in the most holy faith. Well, what does that mean? Well, to build yourself up is a picture of getting stronger. It is a picture of growth, not a picture of standing still. And God has given us the means by which we grow. Loads of people go to the gym in order to try and build themselves up. Loads of people will take all sorts of supplements and protein shakes and things to build themselves up. The thing that they think will make them stronger. Well, we need to be clear that we build ourselves up as we know and understand and grow in the most holy faith. Now, when he talks about the faith, in your most holy faith, he's not just talking about your trust. He's talking about the body of stuff that you believe. The faith. This is the faith. So if you just go back um, to chapter, well, to verse 3, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith which was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. In other words, there is a defined thing that we can call the faith that is a finished, once-for-all thing that has been given to God's people, and that is what you, how you build yourself up. And that faith, that defined block of stuff, is recorded for us in the Bible, in God's Word. This is where we find the most holy faith. This is where we find what we're supposed to believe. In other words, God has given us this book in order to grow up, to build ourselves up. So if you like, this is the protein shake. (laughs) Uh, Maybe. This is the protein shake for the Christian. This This is what makes you strong. And so we have a responsibility to keep ourselves in God's love. If we're going to keep ourselves in God's love, that means we need this. And that means, that is why coming to church, a big chunk of what we do at church is we get the Bible open. Because I get, right, that in some ways, Bible teaching is fairly hard work. I get that it's not, you know, sometimes... I, I, I remember hearing a preacher um, who was speaking at a conference and they kept changing the lights on him, the different coloured lights. He was trying to preach and they just kept changing all the lights on him. And um, it was at a, this big conference centre, theatre thing. And he said, what were you doing with the lights to the bloke at the end? And he said, well, I didn't know what to do for you. I just do what I always do for stand-up comedians. <laughs> and, um, and I get that my job is not to entertain you. I'm not a stand-up comic. You know, it's not, sometimes people go, oh, I, didn't find, I found the preacher a bit boring today or whatever. The point of Bible teaching is not that I go away having been entertained and having had a laugh. The point of Bible teaching is that I go away stronger. Now, the reality is if you're going to get stronger, it always takes hard work. 
going to the gym is not fun. If you think it's fun, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> now, I'm not saying the church should never be fun. But you understand, there's hard work to be done. And it's not just Sundays. Reading the Bible for yourself, it's hard work. It's hard work to get out of bed and get the Bible open and read it. It's far easier to leave the Bible on the shelf, to pick up your phone and to check Facebook. That's, isn't it easier? Isn't it extraordinary that I, you know, as soon as I begin to read the Bible, I begin to get so tired, drowsy. And yet I can put on a film and I can watch it for an hour and a half. Time flies by. It's fascinating, isn't it? But that is because there is a spiritual battle going on. And because this is what will help us to grow strong. And so here's part of our responsibility. God has given us his word, the faith, in order to help us to grow. So we want to be a church that's committed to that. And it may be that you've never really read the Bible for yourself on your own. Well, why don't you have a start? Listen, don't, don't go mad. Sometimes people go, oh yeah, great, I'm going to read the Bible in a week. No, you're not. <laughs> Honestly, you're not. You're much better just to take, a, take something small. Okay, look, here's something. Easy, right? This is achievable for every single person here. You could learn verse 24 of Jude over the course of this week. And you could say it to yourself as you walk down the street. And you could encourage yourself and you could get God's word in and build yourself up in the most holy faith. You could learn it. And don't come with your excuses you haven't got a good memory. You have. It's not that difficult. It just takes a bit of work. It just takes a bit of work. And if you're, a, if you're a very confident Christian, then perhaps you need to learn verse 21 and chew on that this week. Or if you've got a great memory, learn it all. But you see, it's, chew it. Chew it as you walk down the street. Now to him who's able... Chew on that. Enjoy it. So God's word, uh, building yourself up in the holy faith. But it's not just reading, okay? Because we're not just kind of into some intellectual thing. We're also to be praying in the Holy Spirit. That is, we are to be people who are crying out to God for help. God's given us the Bible. He's given us prayer. He says, here are the two things that will make you strong. And yet, how often do we just kind of forget the Bible, forget about prayer, and bash on through the Christian life, and then go, man, it's so hard. And God's given us these things in order to keep us in his love. And we're to pray in the Spirit. Now, I don't think that that means there's a type of prayer that's not in the Spirit, that this is some kind of special prayer kind of that's different to other prayer. I believe as a, actually all prayer is in the Spirit. Because the Bible says that as I pray, God the Holy Spirit helps me to pray. To pray in the Spirit is, is what prayer is about. I pray as the Spirit helps me to pray. So I wonder, how do you find praying? It's hard, isn't it? You turn to pray, and within three minutes, oh, I'm so tired. Then you put the tellers, oh, I'm awake again. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? But that's because there's a battle. 
And we have to contend there's something worth fighting for. That's what Jude is saying. Don't wave the white flag and go, ah, it's too hard. Have a go. And so these two things go together. So say you take verse 24 of uh, Jude and you're learning it. Well, now you've got some easy to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you're able to keep me from falling. Man, I'm going to fall without you. Father, I, I can feel how quickly I fall away from you. Father, please keep me from falling. I put all my trust in you. Oh, and I, and I, and I pray for Phil as well at church because he's really having a hard time at the moment. Please, would you keep him from falling? Do you see how, actually, as we learn the Bible, it helps us to pray. We keep ourselves in God's love as we take these means of grace. So maybe this week, here's a simple thing you could do. Take verse 24, learn it and pray it. Pray in the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to shape your praying. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to guide you as you pray. I don't mean that there's some kind of voice that will suddenly come, pray for Phil. I mean that as you go, you say, actually, yeah, Phil's really strong. I want to pray. I, I, I'm not sure he's really struggling. I think he's quite happy, but I'm just using him as an example. But you see, you see what, what I mean? This is part of our responsibility. Keep yourselves, keep yourselves, keep yourselves. And we keep ourselves as you wait. As you wait um, for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. You see it? You're waiting. Being a Christian is all about waiting. I don't know how you feel about waiting. This is, this is not waiting like bus stop waiting, where you just sit and you... <laughs> waiting, waiting. This is waiting doing stuff, getting on with life, waiting, 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 future focused. The future changes everything. And then look at verse 22, this is interesting. Because here's another means of grace. We have the Bible and we have prayer, but look at verse 22. How are we going to keep ourselves in God's love? This is our responsibility. How are we going to do it? Verse 22 and 23. We need one another. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. So can't you see, as I keep myself in God's love, one of the means of grace, one of the ways that I keep myself in God's love is by other Christians snatching hold of me as I'm about to walk into the fire. And so I see that Phil is heading off in a direction that is unwise and ungodly. Ungodly, I'm really sorry. This He's just sitting there. Uh, Phil is heading off in that direction. Now part of the grace of God is that he's put us around one another. And I go and rugby tackle him and I say, Phil, don't go that way. Come this way. Come back to Jesus. You see, there's a kind of a one anotherness about this. We need one another. And there's such mercy. Isn't that beautiful? Churches can be such a place of judgment often. And we find it hard to be honest about where we're struggling. Because we worry that if I say I'm struggling, others will reject me and judge me. So if I say, look, I, you know, I haven't, I'm really struggling to trust Jesus at the moment. I, I, I'm really struggling to live for him. 
It's really hard to say that because I worry that everyone else is going to go, "Mm, bad Christian. And Jude says, no, that's stupid. That's the absolute opposite. The point of one another is that you show mercy to someone. When you see someone struggling, when you see someone's doubting, when you see someone's heading for fire, when you see someone has got caught up in a life that is wrong, you're not to judge. You show mercy. You go after them. You remember the story of the lost sheep? The hundred sheep and the one that wanders off and gets lost? You know, what do we do when one of the sheep wanders away? What do we do? Do all the 90, you know, does the shepherd just go with the 99 and say, oh, bad sheep, look at that bad sheep. Rubbish sheep, you're good sheep. Let's be Let's have a happy time here being good sheep. And if any of you wander away, you can get lost as well because we're having a happy time. No. The good shepherd, Jesus, is full of mercy. He goes after his lost sheep and he wants us to do the same. We have responsibility. If we're going to get to heaven, we've got to do stuff. We've got to keep ourselves in God's love. We've got to go after one another. We've got to love each other. We've got to help each other. We have responsibility. Now I can, I can hear it, okay? The verse 21 Christians are freaking out like, I know, stop, please stop, I know, I can't do it. And at this point I'm really pushing the guys who are perhaps too complacent. Trying to give you a whack up the backside to say you need to take responsibility. We have responsibility. But... But verse 24 is true too. It's a lesson in our last few minutes. Let's look at the great hope at the end. Oh, no, not that. Now to him. You got it? Keep yourselves in God's love. But verse 24, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Here is the one who has all power. He's the one who is able to keep you from stumbling. Here is the one who will keep hold of you. And he will keep you until the day... And Please hear this. If you're a Christian, please hear him talking to you right now. I will keep you until the day when I present you before the glorious presence of God. That's what God is promising you. If you're trusting him, he says, I will keep you. I love this language of presentation, isn't it? Don't you think that's an interesting picture? That, you know, once, once Phil has lived his life and he's died. <laughs> it's not funny. Don't laugh. <laughs> Sorry. Scrub that. Once Phil has lived his life and died, it's as if Jesus himself takes Phil into the presence of God and says, here he is. Here's Phil. Look, here he is without fault and with great joy. Not kind of like, I'm really sorry, I'm a bit embarrassed about this one. (laughs) This one's a bit, this one was a bit of a loser, but we're going to try and sneak him in anyway. You see? Every single one of God's people will be brought into God's presence with a fanfare and with joy. 
And the angels of heaven will worship and delight and sing for joy. That is what he's keeping you for. And those two things are both true. If, if, a dad, if a parent is watching their kids playing cricket for the first time and, uh, and the kid is totally hopeless and cannot hit the ball and they keep trying but they keep missing, what does the parent do? The parent goes up behind the kid, puts their arms around them and takes hold of the cricket bat with him and then together they swing and they smack the ball. Who hit the ball? It's interesting, isn't it? See, in that moment, you could rightly say, you would say to kids, wow, look at that! Look at how far you've hit it! Whereas actually, the bigger thing is true. That actually it was the parent who was really in control. And here is the beauty of what we're being told in this moment. We're being told, you need to pick up the cricket bat, people. You need to pick up your Bibles. You need to pray. You need to love one another. You need to have a swing. But you haven't got a hope of hitting the ball. But your father will. And as you pick up the bat, he will put his arms around you and together you will smack the ball into eternity. Do you see that? That's how it works. That's where true security is found. And that is why ultimately Jude finishes like this. To the only God our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Because ultimately, all the glory and power goes to him. Ultimately, all of the praise goes to him because he's kept us. So how do we live lives that bring glory and honour to God? How do we live lives like that? We keep ourselves in his love and we say, you're going to keep me. So this week, I want you to hear those two, th- I, want, I, want it to, I want to keep you from falling off either side of striding edge and roly-polying to the bottom. I want to keep you from falling by showing you these two things are true. Keep yourself. God will keep you. And if you're not a Christian yet, then I want to say to you this afternoon, God is a great, great king. He has a wonderful future. And you need to trust him. You need to trust Jesus and start to walk this path and wait for Jesus who one day will come and will bring us to eternal life. Why don't we pray together and let's take a moment just to to think about some of these things. And I wonder this afternoon whether, whether you need to hear verse 24 because you feel anxious and fearful or whether you need to hear verse 21 because you feel complacent and...
cold-hearted. I wonder where you need to find yourself this afternoon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would help us, please, to understand these words. Thank you that true security is found as we keep ourselves and as you keep us. And Father, we ask that we'd find such joy. Father, we long for that day when we will be presented in your glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Father, how can that be when our hearts are so far from you, our hearts are so full of sin, and yet in Jesus you have promised that you will do that. In Jesus you've promised to make us clean, to make us faultless, to make us fit for your heaven. Father, we long for that day when we'll see you. And in the meantime, we pray that we'd wait, we'd build ourselves up, we'd pray in the Spirit, we'd snatch each other from the fire and that we might love you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to uh, stand and sing together and then we're going to be able to have some time to respond. Phil's going to come back and lead us uh, in a time of um, the Lord's Supper when we eat bread and drink wine to remember what he has done for us. But why don't we stand and we're going to sing um, This Life I Live Is Not My Own. Let's stand and let's worship together.